It's gone! It's a grand slam! And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Hello there and welcome to the Prospects Baseball Show, uh, episode 36. We are indeed uh, back on the air and as I uh, bring in my good friend and uh, the head coach and AGM of the Eminent Prospects, Jordan Blundell. How are you, buddy? Good, do, doing good, Dino. How you doing, man? Not bad. Uh, just like everybody else uh, in this uh, kind of holding, waiting pattern yeah. uh, that we have to to figure out when life can sort of sort of resume. Uh, I will tell you, getting out and um, you know getting some fresh air and a walk and a little bit of exercise has done a lot of good for my mental health uh, during this. So I implore people to still keep your distance. You know, if you're on the path, don't be crowding somebody, keep your distance, but enjoy some of the, uh, the fresh air. Um, I'm going to enjoy today's show. Reed Clark from Ross flats, vintage apparel is going to drop by. We're going to take a bit of a history lesson when it comes to Edmonton sports teams, not just baseball. Uh, there's a lot of great sports stories in Edmonton. We're going to discuss the future of the major league baseball season, and we're going to get to our top five things we miss about baseball. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us uh, at EDM prospects is the team's Twitter handle and prospectsbaseballclub.com is how you can find them on the internet. We're at prospectsbaseballshow.ca and you can follow us on Twitter at prospects pod, but without further ado, let's go around the horn. Hey, bada, 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 swing, bada. God, I'm looking at the curveball. Let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball. All right. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of news uh, when well. it comes to Major League Baseball, uh, but we will talk about, uh, I guess, uh, the future. Uh, and I guess let's start with you guys, Jordan. Um, you know, you guys, like most of us, I'd imagine, are in the same holding pattern, but you know, is has the league uh, drawn up some contingency plans? Do you guys, um, you know, are you are you working on things? And we're not asking you to tell us what they are, but you know, what what has the team and the league been doing behind the scenes through all this? You know, I think the uh, the board of governors have have stayed uh, stayed in contact with each other. Uh, there, there's been a, a couple of conference call meetings that have taken place to discuss, you know, how to be prepared for different variable things of happening. Um, you know, obviously as a league, we're concerned with the border closure. You know, a lot of our players are not from, from here. Um, so that's something that will have to, uh, lessen in restrictions for us to be able to execute our season. Um, at this time, um, you know, obviously, and then public gatherings are, are some is, is a major issue for our business. And, uh, for the other teams in our league, not having fans uh, be able to support us is is obviously an issue. So um, there's some contingency plans in place. Uh, looking at specific dates, I, I think middle of June, end of June is potential start times. And you know whether that's wishful thinking or not. Um, you know, optimistically you want it, and pessimistically, no way. Um, it's not really about that. It's being prepared that if we are allowed to 
Um, we want to be in the best position as an organization and as a league to be able to execute uh, bringing, bringing the sport of baseball at that level to all our fans in, in Western Canada. So, um, you know, we're obviously concerned with the health. Uh, we're concerned with everything that's going on. Um, you know, we're con- we have concern personally. I'm concerned about people that are close to people that, you know, are dealing with this, uh, you know, face to face and, um, you know, it's not fun. So, uh, you know, trying to be mindful of people that, um, have been faced with this adversity head on with, the with the virus. Um, and, uh, you know, just, I guess, being prepared for when and if we're allowed. Well, it's interesting when we, when we, we're going to get into what major league baseball and, and that league has been discussing what they're doing. And, um, you know, people might say, well, why can't you just start midway through the season and play double headers like major league baseball? And, you know, there's a, there's a very good reason why some of the players would agree to playing uh, double headers all the time. Mike Trout is saying, not for me. My wife is going to have a baby soon. I don't want to be missing that, of course. But, you know, there's a there's a big difference between Major League Baseball players or pro ball players, uh, double headers all the time, and, and your league. Yeah, there is. Uh, we can touch on uh, the Players Association. So playing double headers in the big leagues um, would give them the opportunity to have more games played. And baseball players at, uh, in their contract get get paid by games played or duration of a season. So if you're only to play three quarters of a season, schedule wise, regardless of your injuries, you're going to get prorated three quarters of your salary. So uh, the players association, you'll probably see be amenable to some ideas of double headers to get more games in. Um, there, there's no way that they'll want to play multiple double headers in a row, but you know, potentially one of the ideas that was put out there is Sunday doubleheaders. So you, know, you may see a day a week if they are to get to a point where they can restart in a condensed schedule that they do a doubleheader day um, to get as many games in as they can. Um, it's also part of the history of the game. You know, trying to play 162 has value and has meaning to that sport. So, you know, they're going to want to try and get as many of those games in. Uh, and this is all wishful thinking. Obviously, everything that's going on with the virus supersedes, you know, enjoyment of sport and whatnot. But um, if we were just talking on the business side, that's where the Players Association would come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the business side, as far as the owners are concerned, uh, you're probably looking at gates. If you're allowed to have people at the game, they want as many opportunities to bring people into the ballpark. All things being equal, that's what they'd want. Now, if there's restrictions, those are variables that we don't know, so pretty tough to discuss. But it also boils, uh, you, can, you can also kind of shrink it down into TV revenue as well. The more uh, games you have, the ability to televise, right. sponsorship and dollars. So all in all, they want as many games as they can play for multiple different reasons. Now, in our league, um, for sure, we'd want to play as many games as possible. Uh, Double headers aren't ideal in our league, however. Our, our guys aren't paid. Um, they're, they're, uh, paid in the sense of they're taking care of for the summer with room and board and, and, uh, things outside of direct paychecks, you know, they, they're kind of consider a scholarship opportunity and, and the opportunity to play baseball at a high level, um, without any concern of a roof or food. But, um, for our guys, it's a little bit different. Uh, we need to be aware of the, how their bodies react and we need to send them back to their schools where they do have. Uh, funds and scholarship money attached to their name as a as a student athlete 
Uh, they need to be healthy when they get back there uh, for their own good and for our good too, because we need to take care of players to create relationships. So um, it, it, it doesn't behoove us to try and jam pack a bunch of games in and, and, you know, risk player safety. I think risk is a bit strong of a word to use here. Um, I don't think at any point any of us would risk our guys' health, but when you play a lot of games in a row, you know, bodies get dinged up. So um, it, it probably doesn't make sense for us to do that. Um, but like I said, you know, we'd love to play as many games. I hope I touched on those things. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I think that's what everybody wants right now is to be able to have a, you know, a full, full enough season as you can. You know, it's so, it's so interesting. Um, on uh, Sports and More uh, last week, I had Jeff Turbo on, who is a, a baseball author. He wrote the book about the 1981 Dodgers season where there was a strike. So it was a shortened season and they won the World Series. There's so many parallels between 81 and today. I mean, that 81 team, uh, the core had been together quite a lot. That that infield was together since, you know, time began, it seems. But they had lost to the Yankees a couple of times. They had, they, you know, they got to the World Series. They didn't do it. They couldn't pull it off. The, the team was aging. And then they finally won. Fernando Mania took over in a strike-shortened season. And, and I looked towards this season thinking, shortened season, Dodgers have come close. Uh, there's a lot so of there's a lot of parallels, and I mean, you know, if there's no season, and and listen, first of all, I would rather have no season and corral the deaths and the 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 long term effects, health effects that we're going to get from this. I would give up the baseball season uh, to ensure that we properly do this and not start something else again. But if there's no baseball season, and this is selfish Dodger fan, then the Dodgers get nothing out of the Mookie Betts trade, other than David Price. They lose Verdugo, Verdugo uh, they lose uh, some other pieces. Then they have to negotiate with Mookie Betts, the free agent, instead of using Mookie Betts' last contract. Like, there's a lot of balls up in the air when it comes to Major League Baseball and service time and and a lot of that stuff if there's no season. I know, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great point. Uh, that's also one of the reasons they want to try and get some sort of season in, uh, just because of all the the legal wrangling that's going to need to take place if they aren't, uh, if they're unable to play a season, like you said, with service time, free agency, all those kinds of things. I mean, it's just a can of worms from the legal side and the, the, the team lawyers would definitely be involved in the legal lawyers uh, to try and mitigate the loss of the season to the best of their ability. Um, and, and, you know, they have to be mindful of the players and, and that's the lifeblood of the game. So, um, they, they can't act heavy handed and just dictate what's going on. They'll have to work with the PA on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. You bring up the Dodgers, uh, winning a world series and a strike shortened season. And they'd been there before. It's like, man, it, it, there are a lot of parallels. Maybe the Dodgers do need help, like a shortened season to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to bring the bulldog back uh, from the booth and put him back on the mound. You know, get Vin Scully calling the games, get the bulldog on the mound. Uh, you know, bring bring Fernando Mania back out of uh, retirement. Uh, there's, there's only a few things that they need, and well, maybe it's maybe kind of like Julio Urias yeah, Mania. Yeah, that well, that will uh, that that could start for sure. Um, but d- do you think this Arizona biosphere kind of a- idea works? Uh, you know, you've been down there. Um, you know, lo- logistically, I guess with the amount of ballparks, it works. Can it work? Can you sequester these guys away from their families for how long? Like, you know, there might be enough diamonds to get it done, but is there enough patience among human beings for this to happen? Uh, 
the I guess the fantasy in the fantasy person in me says yes, do that. The realist in me says no. That's no, you can't do that. The thirty teams sequestered, going to and from a ballpark, uh, it, like in fantasy world, sure. Like we let's discuss it. It's a you know we could take up twenty minutes of airtime on sports talk radio shows and whatnot, but. In reality, no. Like, if that's what it's going to take to play baseball, um, I, I, you're just not going to see a quality of, of play that is worthy of major leagues. Um, now, can they can they start going into empty stadiums in their own places of existence? Yeah, I think that has more validity to it. Um, you know, three-game sets, four-game sets, you know, maybe they decide they're going to play six game sets all in one spot uh, to to limit the amount of back and forth travel. And you get to a spot, you stay there, you play. It's not a three game set now; it's a six or even an eight game set. Guys are going to hate each other after that. You know. So, so remember, those- the trappers would go to Hawaii, or Hawaii would come here for eight days, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe that's a way to get get away from that, where uh, restrictions have been loosened. Um, uh, not to say the public gatherings are allowed, but uh, with proper protocol in place, we've got lots of testing. We can allow sporting events to commence. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how you get a, get around some of those variables at, at the major league level where you just, you know, the, the Red Sox, Yankees are going to play eight games in a row instead of a four-game set and get it out of the way and then go play somebody else for eight games and stay in one spot. Um, that way there is a sequestering of players uh, but they also can come back home, you know, be with their family in, in that event. So, you know, I think it really at the end of the day, the the when we get some testing in place, uh, when we're able to uh, have the opportunity to mitigate uh, positive tests, or we've come up with a vaccine, or we've come up with uh, medicine that helps take care of it antibody wise, um, where where you can knock it out of your system quickly. Um, when we get to that point, I think then we can start ha- adding fans and, 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 and frankly, just talking about getting, you know, 80 people together on two teams to play. Now, there is some hope uh, because in Taiwan, they're playing professionally. It's on TV. There's English announcers. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the other day, like yesterday or two days ago, the first bench clearing brawl happened. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you, yeah. how do you, how do you brawl during social distancing? Like, how do you fight a guy you that, that. that you have to you be six feet apart? Dis- uh, ignore it. It's, you get, you get, guy got dotted. It was three pitches in a row that were belt high inside, you know, with obvious intent to hit him. He just didn't hit him. There was like a warning on the three O ball. Uh, the, the benches were yapping. The catcher was jawing at the hitter, and then ball four, he got drilled in the butt. <laughs> it, was, it was classic. It was uh, classic. And that man, if that doesn't get you get you excited for baseball, I don't know what is. I mean, that's that's what it was. Yeah, there was no social distancing happening at that point. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, normally we have a, a bit of a history class that we do here on the Prospects Baseball Show, but we're going to go back in time with Edmonton's history uh, with our main interview today. Three quick uh, history bits about Major League Baseball for you today, though. 1912, Fenway Park on this day officially opens. Uh, The Red Sox beat the New York Highlanders 7-6 in 11 innings. The mighty Uh, Highlanders. Same day, same year, Tiger Stadium opens. The Tigers beat the Cleveland Indians 6-5. 
Um, this has nothing to do with baseball, but in 1914, uh, Canadian James Duffy, not James Duffy, James Duffy won the uh, Boston Marathon. Uh, and then in 1916, Wrigley Field opens on this day. The Cubs beat the Cincinnati Reds 7-6. So some kind of cool uh, baseball, Major League Baseball history, but let's take a trip back in time when it comes to Edmonton's sports scene. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, really excited to have the man behind Ross Flats Vintage Sports Apparel joining Jordan and myself today. Reed Clark is that man. Reed, thanks very much for joining us here on the Prospects Baseball Show. How are things during this strange uh, self-isolation, quarantine, shutdown time that we're in for you? Uh, thanks for having me. No, it's it's actually been okay for us. Uh, we're still... We're still selling away. People are still interested. I think they got more time on their hands. They're checking, uh, checking out social media and online. So uh, we're still doing good. And we've been uh, COVID compliant uh, before this is even a thing. So we're we're a bit ahead of the time. Oh, that is uh, that is good to hear. All right, uh, I'll, I'll start us off with uh, maybe getting to you to tell us a little bit about uh, you know the items that you have available at Ross Flats Vintage sports apparel by the way it's at rossflats.ca so tell us a little bit about you know what people can get their hands on yeah basically what we do is um any sports team in edmonton that's won a championship over their time i mean whether that's a provincial western canadian uh, championship gold medal for the olympics um you know league championship anything like that so any team that won a championship we try to take that year uh, track down the logos, whether we find them online or in archives, kind of redo them and then bring it back with the same sort of color, colors and feel and styles and, and turn those into uh, hats, baseball tees, t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, you name it, really going from there. So we, we start off uh, going back to like 1909 in the Empton Grays. Uh, nobody probably remembers that right now, but uh, they were a team and they were kind of the first team to win a championship in, in Edmonton. The Western, uh, the Western League, uh, and then keep going from there um, all the way up to you know 2002 with the Empton Trappers Baseball Club. So we go baseball, we go hockey. Uh, there's a couple basketball teams in there as well. So uh, anything that's cool to kind of track down, find a good logo, we'll make it. Um, and that even goes to uh, some places too. We just uh, just launched Empton Gardens uh, logo on, on a sweatshirt and it'll. Welcome to John Ducey Park t-shirt that's based on the old uh, sign that was at uh, uh, Ducey Park. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, hey, Reed, it's Jordan Blundell here. Uh, appreciate you coming on with Dean and I. W- when was the idea for uh, Ross Flats Vintage Sports Apparel born? Uh, yeah, you know, I've always kind of been a big uh, history buff, and I love defunct teams, all the retro logos and everything. So I, I've collected those things for a long time. Uh, and then I was... I was actually doing my uh, my MBA uh, a few years ago, and there was a there was a class like an entrepreneurial class, and said take a business idea or a business idea, make it into a business plan, see if it's got any weight to it, see it through, uh, and then kind of do the pros and cons, see if it's something you want to launch. So I, I always liked um, a couple sites like Ebbetsfield Flannels out of uh, Seattle in the states, Homage out of uh, uh, Ohio, 
in the U.S. Um, and I kind of liked what they were doing, bring back some old vintage teams and, and redoing their, their apparel. So I kind of thought, you know, that's a cool idea. No one's doing it in, in Edmonton or, or Western Canada. So why not start looking there? And then when you dive into it, man, you just, there's, there's such a rich history uh, in this city and surrounding areas uh, with baseball, especially. I mean, baseball, even more so than hockey. Um, and there's a lot of cool logos and teams. And, uh, and I just thought, man, that'd be, that'd be really neat to bring that back. So got some logos made, sites, and, and, and kind of went from there. Oh, well, we're super glad as baseball fans uh, that you have. For those watching us, you can see uh, behind me, I've got uh, some prospects and uh, the Trappers uh, cap from Ross Flats right. and uh, my Trappers jersey uh, that I bought in the, in the final year up behind. And, and, I, and I like it that you have, uh, like I love that you have an Edmonton Dodgers, uh, which I didn't even know about. So we'll get into some of that. But do you have any plans, uh, you know, of expanding, whether it's, you know, T-shirts or jerseys with former Edmonton athletes uh, and things like that? Or, or are you looking into, as you mentioned, the Edmonton Gardens, but some more teams? I, I guess there's only a finite amount of teams that you can <laughs> deal with, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's always more that kind of keep popping up and people share uh, links with me or pictures that they've seen. Uh, so I still think there's a, there's a few more to come, but I, I love the idea of making uh, some jerseys or, or T-shirts with uh, some famous players who maybe came through came through these teams I, I think that'd be that'd be awesome and, and we're uh we're working on those too for sure so reed uh, you know growing up in edmonton you obviously have a history of of following some pretty successful runs in different sports in the city from the professional level to the collegiate level um i wanted to ask you your take or your opinion or your stance on like you had mentioned, the rich history of champions in Edmonton in all facets of sports. Um, you know, where do you where do you come out on the 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 moniker "City of Champions" being removed or or you're kind of taken away from from the city? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I love the moniker. That that's how I know Edmonton. Um, that's why I describe it to people not from this city. I even have uh, like the old wooden City of Championship sign. I, some guy made like a replica one on Kijiji. I bought it off and it's before we go in my basement, that's kind of right up, uh, mm. right up above the stores. just like the, uh, you know, be a champion today kind of sign. So I, I think we should put that up. I mean, whether that's sports or that's community or volunteers or how we host events, uh, it, it can mean a million different things. And I think we embrace all those. Uh, so I love, I mean, I love that. And if you just, you know, one of the reasons we uh, started this website and kind of went with it is like you start looking at it. I mean, from the Hampton grads in 1924, which were could be the best basketball team ever created, uh, to the Hampton Mercury's, uh, you know, who actually won a gold medal in '52. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. At Allen Cup winners, Hampton Flyers in '48, like, and the Trappers, three-time winners to the PCL. I mean, we we've got them. But besides just the two there, one knows what the others in the Eskimo. Yeah, and, and I appreciate your your um, the mindset that you have. It's not just sports, and and that's that's where I come from on this. Um, you know, with the Stollery Hospital, uh, with what's going on in the AI development in our community specifically right now, with all yeah. the, the the science uh, pr progress we've made in, in this in Northern Alberta and Edmonton specifically, with all the arts and all the performances and the Olympic sports. Um, for me, obviously I'm, I'm a sports guy. I'm an ath athlete. I was an athlete. I'm, I'm involved in sports. Yeah. I, I can definitely, um, relate to the idea of city of champions being a sports moniker, but, 
Um, for me, it means more than just sports. And, and I kind of come from that angle that it, it just gives us an identity uh, as Edmontonians, as champions. Like you said, in volunteering, in fundraising, something I've come across, Reed, in, in, in my time here in Edmonton growing up, is that I don't know if there's a community that supports itself as much as Edmontonians do yeah. you know, when it comes to food drives or bottle drives or, or any type of fundraising. You know, Edmontonians step up. So, so for me... You know, it's a city of champions. It's kind of a moniker for all of us that, that live in this city. But, um, you know, get, getting get, getting past that, uh, do, do you feel like Edmontonians kind of over-celebrate uh, the Oilers and Eskimos and maybe lose sight of the fact that the Golden Bears and the Pandas are there and the prospects are here yeah. and some of the other sports that may not be at the, the highest level? Do you think they get overlooked? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and, and I get why it's, it's not a knock on, on the Esk or, or the Oilers at all. Right. I mean, they've got a great tradition built up a fan base and, and definitely, uh, got generations of fans. So that, that, that's, that's great. But, um, you know, if you, I think if you really want to be a truly great sports city, you got to embrace everything. And I, and I've, I've liked that about, uh, Edmonton over, over some other Canadian cities, whether it's, you, know, you got to get into baseball, you got to get into basketball. Um, getting into some of the college sports as well, right? It's, I, I mean, I'm a guy, I, I love them all. Like, for me, sports is sports and seeing people compete uh, at the highest level, regardless of what it is. I mean, I, I want to watch it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be there. Well, I think it's, uh, I, I worked in mainstream media for over 22 years, and, and you know, the last uh, bunch of that was in this city, in Edmonton, whether it was in TV or in radio. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I think Edmonton is a great uh, Oilers city and events city. Um, e- even the Eskimos will tell you that, you know, they could use uh, some more support. But the Oilers mm-hmm. and events are what this city does really, really well. And we need to work on that trickle-down effect of, you know, getting uh, the, the WCBL, the AJHL, the Golden Bears, as Jordan mentioned, we yeah. need to celebrate some of these other things. And I think by by uh, celebrating our past a little bit, we can maybe discover some of these these hidden gems that we have in our city and yeah. surrounding area. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I think, uh, you know, maybe just getting the word out there and maybe doing a little bit of marketing, you know, mm-hmm. for, for some of these, uh, some of these organizations, you know, wouldn't hurt. Um, wanted to ask you about um, uh, your, your favorite memory uh, if you have one, um, well, and, and I know you have several, but maybe a few memories of, of, of baseball in the river Valley of, of, you know, whether it's playing in some of those diamonds, uh, that are around there or watching, what do you, what do you love? What do you remember? What do you like about the river Valley and baseball? Yeah. You know, for me, where, um, I kind of grew up over in uh, Grosvenor area, the ballpark or like the river Valley is pretty close. And, and we would always just get our bikes and, uh, cruise down there and, and try to play ball or we even try to make a couple of our own little sand lots down in the river Valley where we could play. Um, so I mean that kind of just as a kid, just growing up, you could, in Edmonton, you can just bike around everywhere in the summer and, and be out late, uh, and some of still up. So that was awesome. But, um, for a little bit more recent times, I remember being down in the ballpark, uh, for some of the Capitals seasons, and uh, there were some good memories there when they, they won a championship in 2011. Uh, I was there with a bunch of buddies, you know, in a suite, really enjoying the game and experience. Uh, I remember seeing uh, Jose Lima pitch there. Lima and he time. Was, 
Yeah, Lima time. He was beaking off a few uh, in the, <laughs> while he's pitching mid game, beaking off a few spectators at the time we were grilling him. You know, so, sorry, uh, Reed. So if it, like if you had a, a Capitals Lima time t shirt or something, <laughs> like I think that would sell. And you know, a rest in peace, Jose Lima. Right? He was an entertaining guy from yeah. his Jim Rome interviews to his national anthem singing. Like oh. a Lima time, believe it. Uh, t shirt with Capitals would be pretty cool. That, that might be something I got to make here. I've got uh, a Capitals, uh, Jose Lima, number 27. I got what? it tucked away somewhere. I break oh, it out every oh. so often. Um, <laughs> he was a, he was the entertainer, man, and, and a couple unbelievable years in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reed, what, growing up in Edmonton, uh, what sports did you play? What was it like growing up? Where did you go to school? Give us a little background on uh, on your history in the city. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much born and born and raised Edmontonian. Um, so I grew up, uh, just over in, in Grosvenor, which is kind of central Edmonton, I guess you could say West central area there. Uh, yeah, I played, I mean, growing up, we played T-ball, uh, soccer, got into community league basketball, pretty hard played that, um, majority, a little bit of hockey, but, uh, gave it up to play some other sports. Um, everything, golfed, golfed a little bit, uh, Went to Westminster Junior High on the West End, uh, and then ended up at uh, at Rochep as a as a T bird there for high school. Played some uh, played some basketball a couple years, and they're really good. And um, yeah, that that's kind of been here pretty much uh, my whole life. Huh? I think I might have been in that uh, in your wheelhouse of covering you playing basketball at the Totem Hoop Classic at some point or something like that. Totem Hoop Classic was big. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was big. big. We would have our cameras there all the time. Um, in this, uh, I guess, uh, kind of trip back in time for you uh, with Ross, Flat, Ross Flat's vintage sports apparel, you must be learning a whole lot. I mean, there, there, you know, every city and and has its history, and a lot of it as you mentioned, has been exposed with the, the Oilers. There's a lot of rich history, but there must be so much more stuff that when you come across it, it's like, you know, you're an archaeologist uh, discovering some fossils or something like that. Yeah, I mean, kind of one of the reasons uh, I named it uh, Ross Flats is just from, I, I didn't even know the area down there by the ballpark was was kind of referred to as, as Ross Flats uh, in the Rossdale community. So, and, like, they used to do everything there. There was the exhibition would come by, uh, I think there's even some old stuff like, I don't know, somebody from the Royal family came by and they did a big parade there for Canada Day. Uh, there's a brewery down there. I mean, you kind of start digging around the city and, um, there's a ton of things that, I mean, especially right around the ballpark there, that's, that's pretty cool to see. So, um, whether they're sports related or not, these, these things just kind of keep ending up in my lap or people share links with me. Uh, or like send me things even, or call me up and say you got to pick this up from my garage. These old uh, these old memorabilia or pictures. So it's it's cool to kind of know uh, the history, how long people have been, you know, either playing baseball down that area or um, what people used to do in the, in the city. I mean, you, you right now kind of timings there's a little bit perfect, but there's been some really cool photos of the old uh, people playing baseball during the 1913 Spanish flu. Uh, and how they kind of did that down wow. in Edmonton too. So there's, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of rich history, man. I, I think that's why, uh, you know, people got to know their history before because they know where they're going to or how you get through things or look at it. Right. So, um, kind of as a general statement, I, I really think that, uh, generations gotta, gotta learn up on what happened in the past. Yeah. It's tough to get where you're going if you don't know where you've been. And, uh, exactly, th you yeah. know, that's a, such a good thing. Is there something 
that you know really maybe surprised you or caught you off guard about uh, you know researching Edmonton sports teams? Is there is there one team that you were like, wow, that is uh, kind of really cool, or I didn't expect to find that things like that? Um, I mean, overall, like it was crazy. I mean, you just start like again doing some research and just going even like on Wikipedia, really easy to find. It, it's it blew me away how many teams actually won championships. Right, and I don't think you could find that if you're looking in Winnipeg or Calgary or or Vancouver or wherever it might be in Canada. It was everybody when it came to it. I'm like, oh shit, they won this or they got to the finals, um, you know. So I thought that that's one thing that kind of everybody was a champion uh, in some level. Um, the other, thing, I, I didn't know that the um, the term like the Eskimos was used for so many different teams. I didn't realize that there there was a baseball, a hockey, and a football team all with the same moniker. So I, I didn't know that. That was definitely, uh, you know, something to find out. Um, yeah, really, really the whole thing is kind of, I'm getting really surprised. There's new things uh, all the time that uh, I never knew before. Well, that's cool that, that you've been able to increase your knowledge base on, on you know, the, the, the sports history in, in Edmonton. And, you know, I haven't done the research to, to the level you have um, for Edmonton, let alone Calgary, but I, I guarantee you Calgary hasn't won as much as we have. <laughs> I mean, we no. know that right now. We don't even need to get into Google on that no, one. No, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Reed, I wanted, to, I wanted to bring it back because you made an interesting point of, of the past and, and taking you to the future and where we're at in the present and, you know, learning about the past, um, you know, help us get us where we want to be and, and, you know, we've gone through some ups and downs at, at Remax Field at the ballpark in, in the River Valley there uh, in the sense of, of really just trying to keep it standing there. Um, you know, we went through a couple of couple of interesting years of, of you know, promoting and battling uh, for public opinion and, and, and just for people to become more aware of how special that ballpark is if they haven't spent much time down there that it holds a special place in, in the rich tradition of Edmonton in the history of, yep. of our city. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's one or two ways that goes. It's the ballpark sticks around or, or doesn't. And, um, you know, I don't know if we need more condos down there, but, you know, what do you think would be the, you know, the, the sentiment in the city if, uh, you know, we were to decide that, uh, as a group in uh, the city council that they were going to get rid of that park? Oh, I mean, that would be the biggest travesty for me, like to, to, to knock it down. It, it's not even that old, it's a beautiful ballpark. Um, it's part of kind of the architecture when they started to bring back the old school style uh, in that kind of mid late nineties with the uh, Academy arts in, in Baltimore. Um, so one, you got to appreciate, I think the architecture for it and how it stood up um, to it's, it's a, it really does have historical, uh, you know, element to it because I've been playing baseball down there for over a hundred years, like literally across the street and then across uh, the other street, like that, that's where diamond park was and, and where this kind of all started. Right. Um, so, you know, to take that away is, a, is totally not kind of seeing the larger picture. And, you know, if that area is going to be condos, it would have been condos already. Right. So it's, I, I don't think there's a huge bent up demand for that kind of uh, residential need down there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, if that came down to it, that would be uh, that'd be a really sad day, and uh, you know, I think it'd be really short sighted of uh, city council and the whole community. I love that you mentioned Camden Yards. That's exactly what I think about when I sit behind home plate uh, in the bleachers and I look out 
at Remax Field is I think Camden Yards, all the brick, and, and although some of those buildings are now yep. being used for something, so we can tie in the River Valley, you know, get some restaurants and pubs down there, make it a destination, much like they've done in Winnipeg with the Forks and that ball team. Yep. It is an absolute uh, beautiful place. Uh, to visit, so I really like that that you brought up the uh, the whole Camden Yards comparison because I've been saying that for a long time. I mean, you know, w- what do you like now about going down uh, to a ball game in that area, and, and what would you like to see added to that area? Well, yeah, I mean, now, like I, I've always loved the location of it. I mean, to, for me, sitting on that third base line, getting a view of the city uh, that way, and 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 really, I mean, it's the best patio that mm-hmm. we have to offer. Right. If you just want to look at that way, take baseball aside, but just sit there, have a beer and have a dog. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that in a summer night uh, at Empton. So, you know, I think, I think how it is, it is pretty good. Um, and I, you know what, I think uh, even the clubhouse, like inside the, inside the ballpark, I mean, I'd love to see that used year round. Um, sort of like a little brick field that's, that's just uh, kind of down the street there from uh from you guys but uh yeah i think i there's tons of opportunity there's there's land for it uh for sure and uh i think just play on kind of you know the jewel that's already there yeah jewel that's a good, great comment uh, that was that was our marketing campaign when we were concerned yeah. that uh, we were gonna potentially lose that facility and and you know we view it as our organization as the crown jewel of the river valley i mean the bridge for sure is is, is special i love looking at that bridge uh, but but Remax Field being where it's at, the location, like you said, is unbelievable. Uh, it's a crown jewel of the River Valley with all the paths and everything. I mean, there's just a yeah. endless amount of ideas that you could uh, you could go to, and 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 if they came to fruition, it would just revitalize that whole area. And and it's pretty busy as is. So um, getting more people down in, into that area, I mean, it's health conscious. It's it's just a perfect spot. Um, but I'm gonna disagree with both you guys on the best view. Uh, in the city, for me, it's in center field when you're looking at home plate because oh. you get to see those other buildings okay. behind home plate in in the, the north the northeast background there, and you get a little bit of that kind of west west background too with that new uh, that new condo building with the you know the cool uh, upper floor blue window. Mm-hmm. Um, I take all the recruits there and and uh, like all the guys we've signed. That's the first one we do the tour when they get into the city. We walk through the clubhouse. I said, okay, let's walk out to center field and we'll have a, a coach and player chat. And I said, this is the best view in the city. And and for the outfielders, I'm like, you get to be here all summer. Uh, for the pitchers, they get to do that every day in, in Shag BP. So, um, Reed, have you ever spent Here's any time part. actually on the field? Uh, have, you, have you had a chance to to play, take ground balls? Have you, have you played a baseball game, any slow pitch stuff down there? Uh, have I done that? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but uh, I hosted a birthday party down there. We did a big uh, slow pitch game and did the barbecue. It was, it was amazing, guys. I'll talk about it now. And oh, then yeah. um, last year, the idea was the first annual uh, Ross Flat Summer Solstice Slow Pitch Classic, and it was to play on uh, June 21st and play until it gets dark, right? Until you like you play without the lights, until the lights have to come on for a charity event for a uh, kid sport. And uh, we're all ready to go, and then the rain came, and then we rescheduled it, and the rain came again, (laughs) we rescheduled it, and then uh, Ryan hooked us up, and we did it uh, at the end of September, and by the time we did it, there was already snow coming down, but uh, (laughs) we still got a good group of people out there, and uh, yeah, just had a a great time for a few hours just, uh, just playing ball. 
Uh, I'd love to uh, get involved with that if you guys are doing uh, uh, it at the future. Uh, and and in Jordan, I, I guess this question is for you: Is it, when are those center field bleachers coming then? Because I really want to sit there and see that view. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the part of the master plan. Maybe yeah. bring that wall in a little bit uh, for the players, uh, so they're not absolutely shattered confidence wise when they can't get the ball to the center field wall. Uh, but yeah, that'd be cool, hey, to have uh, have center field stands or stands in the outfield. It's something that mm-hmm. we haven't experienced here in Edmonton. Um, you know, maybe maybe good uh, segue there, Dino, into the talk of a potential ballpark. You know, s- sprucing up in Spruce Grove, popping up out in Spruce Grove. Reed, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. Uh, I've heard the idea that there's some land to build a park there, and uh, it sounds pretty cool. I mean. D- definitely getting into some of these kind of, you know, smaller surrounding communities that they, you know, they would embrace a team and be all over it. And I think it'd be a nice, uh, nice addition. What are your thoughts on the Western Canadian baseball league? I mean, you celebrate uh, teams of all the different leagues at Ross flats, uh, vintage sports apparel, um, this league right now for this city, uh, what do you think of the fit for it? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I think it just makes perfect sense. I mean, the level of ball, is there you're not seeing guys uh you know they're maybe kind of wash up around the downtrend of their career if you're at some of these independent leagues uh you're seeing kids who get signed every year right i don't know how many kids last year um you know got drafted or got signed uh, to an mlb team but but there's quite a few um so you know you're seeing talent on the way up you're seeing a lot of local talent uh which is great you're seeing and then you're seeing kids from all over the place um, the schedule makes sense, but the time that it actually has here, I mean, you know, as much as we love to have ball in early April, that doesn't really work mm-hmm. as this year would show us. Um, and then ends before, you know, if it went a little bit longer, that'd be great, but you can't have everything. Um, and I think the travel makes sense too, right? I mean, the fact that it's Alberta, Saskatchewan teams, um, it's, it's kind of a perfect fit to be honest. And I think really just, People just got to get their mind around, you know, it's maybe it's not triple-A ball. Yeah, that's okay. It's still great ball to go mm-hmm. see. The facility is still amazing. And uh, just kind of embrace it. Yeah, that's a great take. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, once we get people down there once, it's, it's always it always becomes an option to come back down there again um, and mm-hmm. enjoy just even the scenery. Uh, if you're not the biggest baseball fan in the world, uh, just being with your friends outside, uh you know, enjoying yep. the, the great weather that we get in the summer, hopefully without that rain that we seem to have quite a bit of last year. But that opportunity to to bring the community together and, and the community gathering place that is Remax Field. Um, and then you, you sprinkle on top of that some pretty big time baseball players and, and some fun, exciting um, things that happen in the sport, uh, entertainment. So, um, if if we were talking about entertainment, Reed, would would watching pro sports specifically baseball without fans be entertaining for you uh i mean i mean at this point yeah i mean what else <laughs> am i gonna watch right like if i if i gotta go down to my basement and watch another episode of real housewives of whatever it is my wife like <laughs> it's not gonna be long for me guys like, i i got give me something else i yeah. mean thank god uh the jordan documentary came out so i got something to watch here but um yeah i i, I think so I'd be into it. I've been watching so many old games um, that I you know. I, I now believe they should just name the seventies the Reggie Jackson era yeah. because uh, that guy <laughs> was so dominant. But I'm going to run out of games yeah. at some point. I mean, yeah. it was cool to see 
the Dodgers beat the Yankees the other day in their clinching game in, in, in 81. And Tommy John in that dugout, who was with the Trappers, and I actually took batting practice off that guy one time uh, when he was no here. Way. So it's it's kind of neat to relive those. But those will run out eventually. We are going to run out yep. of, of old games. So what ultimately do you think happens with the Major League Baseball season? You, you know, nobody knows, but... Crystal the ball only plan. time, you got this. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Crystal ball time. Tell us something that we want uh, to hear. The only thing that makes sense is, is the Arizona idea. Um, to me, like being down there, I mean, thank God I was, I was down there uh, for the first two weeks of spring training. So I was able to catch some games uh, before everything got called off. But how close all the ballparks there, the facilities there are amazing. Um so I think that way they could actually do it. What, you, maybe you get part of the season in and then you do a tournament. Um, I mean, you're still traveling around with how many people and, and all the other support staff. That's a bit of an issue. Um, but I, I, that's the only thing I think that makes sense to me. Like you can't do Florida. You can't just do one or two ballparks. You need probably what they have about 10. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Um, and kind of rotating it that way. Uh, but I mean, the good news is, is they like teams have built out all the facilities there uh, that I think they would actually have, you know, room to accommodate everyone. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Arizona does uh, present some some unique opportunities to bring everyone together. My concern with that is when we get to June and July, you know, day games in Arizona are not fun. That's not no. that's not something that guys generally that's want true. to sign up for. Yeah. So, you know, with every great idea and great plan like Arizona would be, I, I wonder what they would do in, 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 in that sense when it gets to 110, 120 degrees during the daytime, you know, if they, if they would be okay doing that there, cause it does, it does present itself as yeah. probably option number one. Um, so if we do get some games this year, um, you need to tell me who you would be drafting number one on your fantasy baseball team. Oh, if we actually get some games this year? Yeah, if we were to sit down and say, this is going to happen, we're drafting up fantasy baseball, who's going to top your list? Oh, it's still Trout. I think it's still Trout for me. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I'm not going to give you an argument on that, that's for sure. As <laughs> much, you know, as much as I think Mookie Betts could win uh, yeah, another him. MVP yeah. in another league, uh, Mike Trout is still, I think, uh, the, the kind of the best player, which, is, which leads me to ask you, um, from when you were a kid uh, until now, uh, or and now rather not until but who did you like to watch when you were a kid and and who do you like to watch now like who makes you tune in to watch baseball today um you know i think as a kid i, I was kind of caught up in the in the jays like everybody else right so um almar was huge right he even seen him he was at uh, the prospects thing a, a couple of years ago right just kind of meeting him and getting uh, getting him a signed ball uh watching him was 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 awesome to see um and then who kind of really excites me? I mean, I, Phil McCutcheon, I think is, you know, I think he's such a great athlete to watch him, um, do everything is amazing out there. Um, Plard from just a few years ago. I mean, the catches and everything that to me, like, that was really exciting to see him just go after every ball, um, that way. Right. And then, uh, you know, pitching has always kind of been, uh, a thing that love seeing as well. So, um, it's great to see someone just mow down, you know, 10 or 12 kind of strikeouts in a game and, and keep going that way. So, um, so someone like Verlander uh, was always kind of great to see. Good stuff. Uh, Reed, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Reed Clark from Ross Flats Vintage Sports Apparel. Check it out at Ross Flats. 
dot ca uh i'm really looking forward to uh i'm definitely going to get an edmonton dodgers i love the john Ducey stuff uh and i'm really excited to see where you take this and and how we can continue uh, to celebrate our past uh, when it comes to our wonderful sports history reed thanks very much for joining us on the show today stay safe and hopefully we'll get together at the ballpark this summer okay thanks guys thanks reed Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. All right, that was a really fun conversation with uh, Reed Clark from Ross Flats Vintage Sports Apparel. I cannot wait to get my hands on a uh, Dodgers, um, <laughs> Edmonton Dodgers. I mean, like, that's uh, that's so beautiful. All right, dude, let's do our uh, top five. Uh, today we are going with... Five things we miss about baseball. Um, there could be 25 things uh, probably, but I'm going to throw your list up as you run through it. So start with number five, my okay. man and his top five list. Top five things I'm missing about baseball right now. Uh, number five was missing opening day games. Mm-hmm. Like opening day is an event. It should be a national holiday. And it's just so exciting to watch that first game. Everybody's jacked up. The crowd's energized. And just everybody's got that it thing about them on, on opening day. Uh, and there's always something awesome that happens on the first day. Like a couple of years ago, first pitch of the big league season got hit out of the yard. Um, so opening day games, I'm, I miss those. I'm missing those memories. Uh, number four, the morning after highlight packages. You know, when I'm cooking up brekkie, yeah. I'm watching the, the highlight packages and, and seeing what's going on. And um, I just love that. You know, that's part of the routine in the summer is checking out who's done what and what, what was cool. And um, yeah, I miss the highlight packages for sure, Dino. Number three, I miss double play turns. A great 6 4 3 routine for sure. I miss the 5 4 3, something down the line, third baseman backhand fires a. A BB across the infield, second base, quick turn, picked at first base. Little Justin Smoke action over there. Um, I miss double play turns. Number two, fantasy baseball, man. Yeah. Like, I haven't had a job for the last two months because, in reality, my job as of April 1st is fantasy baseball. Everything else is secondary. That's right. That's, that's where I make my money. It's, a, it's the big, it's everything. It's life. <laughs> Just kidding. There's more things important than fantasy baseball, but so, oh, not very I, many though. Not many. Not many. And I, I miss Sunday. I miss Saturday, Sunday of fantasy baseball weeks because if you know anything about fantasy, week doesn't even start till Saturday morning. That's right. That's when. That's when the damage gets done. And the number one thing I miss seeing about baseball right now is seeing players with their new teams early in the year when you when you're watching Anthony Rendon hit behind Mike Trout. Oh. When you're watching Garrett Cole pump 99 and strike out 12 guys mookie bets leading off of the dodgers mookie bets when you're watching young young root for the blue jays yeah deal deal yeah. at 90 miles an hour and people think he's out of shape and he can't pitch and all of a sudden <laughs> he's throwing seven innings a two hit shutout baseball watching travis shaw for the blue jays i mean he'd be way down my list of things i was excited about but watching new guys in new uniforms man is part of what is awesome about sports and, and baseball and MLB is seeing those guys change jerseys. So that's probably what I miss the most 
What do you got, Dino? What's your top five? What are you missing? All right. So number five for me is the Nats celebrating on opening day. I, I missed seeing that because, you know, people don't know this. We had big plans for opening day. We were going to stream it. We were going to be watching it together in the studio here. Uh, and I really was hoping to see the Nats fly that banner and celebrate. I, I, that was That was the one thing I really wanted to see on opening day. Is that team celebrating? I, yeah. you know, I, I've become a massive Strasburg fan uh, in the last, uh, you know, since the playoffs started. You know, I was they beat the Dodgers, which I wasn't happy with, but then I was happy that they won the World Series because I thought Strasburg was so awesome. So I wanted to see them celebrate on opening day. Uh, number four for me, I wanted. I'm, I'm really missing the fact that I can't watch the. Houston Astros on the road. Like I want to see the vitriol. I want to see I want to see them go to Yankee Stadium. I want to see the the booze rain down so hard it hurts. Like I want to see these guys pummeled by the fan base when they are on the road. I don't care about them playing at home. I want to see them go to Yankee Stadium. I want to see them in Boston. I want to see them at Chavez Ravine. So I want to see the Astros on the road. Uh, number three for me is fantasy baseball and, and our league. We had this new league that we've, we're, we're so close to drafting and my other league, we did our draft. I've made a bunch of trades. I can't wait to, to play fantasy baseball again. And, and you know, the, the ability to check in on any night of what my starter is doing and then flip the game on the MLB network and watch that game. Like that's combining fantasy with watching sports is not wow. good for the heart and the ticker and, and sanity sometimes, but it's so fun. Um, number two for me is Kershaw curveballs. I miss watching them. <laughs> like there's there's only so much I can watch on the MLB, the show 20 to see curveballs, but I miss watching Kershaw in general. Uh, you know, the high wind up with runners on and things like that. I just love everything about that dude. So I miss watching Kershaw curveballs. And the number one thing I miss about baseball right now, and, and you know, an asterisk would be one month from now getting to know your players. That's what I'm really going to miss if we're not starting a season in about a month is learning about uh, Jake Gary going deep at Safeco and, uh, you know, the, why Hunter Boyd has one arm longer than another because he had so many surgeries. Like the stories we found out last year were awesome. So that's an asterisk. Number one is watching afternoon baseball. I mean, oh, yeah. is there anything better than if you're like, I work from home, so work it in the studio and I can put a ball game on, even if it's in the background and I glance up every once in a while, I just like looking at my TV and knowing that there is afternoon baseball on TV. So those are some of the things that, that I miss about baseball. Hit us up on Twitter at prospects pod or at EDM prospects and uh, let us know what you miss about baseball right now we, we could have done like a top 100 eh? <laughs> yeah you know dino you're number one man there is nothing better than baseball during work hours yes uh, that's yes. what i love about my job is is getting to play baseball on a work day yeah. during work hours that's the best i love it yeah all right, uh, that'll wrap things up. Um, as mentioned, you know, wh when we're allowed to get together again, you'll be out here in studio. Uh, we will be improving the lip sync. I do apologize for that, but it will get better um, as we work through this and learn. Uh, the one thing this has given me, Jordan, is an opportunity to learn. And, and I was telling my wife this, never have I been more excited to learn 
in my life than right now uh, to make this show and, and improve the quality that we have and talk baseball again. So I'm looking forward to life getting back to normal, you being out here in studio, um, dancing to the music of our intro. I mean, <laughs> there's so much that I want to get back to normal and baseball is just uh, is one part of that. So a big thanks to Reed Clark from Ross Flats Vintage Sports Apparel. Check it out at rossflats.ca. And of course, to you, my man, Jordan Blundell, the head coach and the AJM of the prospects uh, stay safe uh, stay healthy uh we'll be out sooner than we think and we'll be celebrating baseball at the ballpark again so thanks very much for doing this man yeah thanks dino stay safe brother thanks for listening everybody you betcha just one more thing to say and that is ban the shift <laughs> it's gone it's a grand slam! And that's the ball game.